What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL show. I am RG Ochoa. This is the best show that the SB Nation NFL show has to offer. We certainly love talking about football. We're excited to do that every Monday. We come here, we recap the week that was in the Football League of National. Please subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things are massively appreciated. We actually have a review that we'll get to today once I am joined by my cohort, uh, my soulmate, some people say. The one and only, you know him from Arrowhead Pride at SB Nation. It is Pete Sweeney on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I am on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. The incomparable, the legendary, the debonair Pete Sweeney. It is always great to be joined by him uh, as soon as, you know, he makes himself available for us because Pete Sweeney really is the man in every single capacity. Pete Sweeney, welcome aboard. How goes it? It's good. Happy Monday, Football Monday to you. Apologies to Mrs. Zoe, because yes, we are indeed soulmates, and we are soulmates who bring updates about the weekend of football to you. Good to be here. That's right. Pete, we do have a review. Would you like to hear it? I would love to. You know I would love to. That's right. Uh, this comes to us from Rumor Hound. Um, so Ooh. a pretty busy kind of dangerous. Um, yeah, exactly. Dangerous name. A lot of rumors. Be careful with rumors. Uh, the title of the review Love these shows so much. It is a five-star review. This is not bragging. This isn't, you know, fibbing. This is just true, total, okay. objective data. Here we right. go. The entire gang is great. I learned uh -oh. more about football with this pod than anywhere else. Question. Oh, which no. rookie quarterback is most likely to bust? Definitely <laughs> not asking because I need fantasy help. Love you. Love your show. We'll listen, uh, we'll listen off the air. Excuse me. You can listen off the air, but you can also listen live. We do stream Monday Football Monday live on the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, the SB Nation NFL Twitter page. Obviously, that's what separates us, which makes us better than everybody else, Pete. Um, so you can listen off the air. You can listen on the air, however you want to do it, whatever your cup of tea is. Yeah, I, and I guess the answer to it is, did the Cowboys have an undrafted quarterback that they brought in for depth or something or did they take a late round quarterback i guess that would be where i would go to first. all the love that i shine on you this morning on monday <laughs> and and what? you choose hatred you choose oh, war. come on no no i'm looking forward to hard knocks what is it the third hard knocks coming up on tuesday you know it's the third hard knocks all anybody right. who's been tracking hard knocks knows it's the third episode by the way we do have live post hard knock shows available on the blog and the boys youtube channel everybody can watch those we do podcast those as well on the blog and the boys podcast network pete uh the second week of the preseason in totality is actually not complete tonight uh, we will have another contest between the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jameis Winston set to start for New Orleans. The guys on the Oddcast will recap that for you all tomorrow on Tuesday. But we have a ton of games to get to, Pete, that happened over the course of the weekend. Are you ready to roll? Let's do it. Okay, if anybody has a comment or a question or concern, they can leave it, you know, on the Espionation NFL Facebook page. They can tweet it at us on the Espionation NFL Twitter account. If you disagree with Pete, when you disagree with Pete, whatever he oh, has come on, to say. Do we have to go there? Yeah, we do, because we're starting with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona go. Cardinals Friday night. Back-to-back -back um, AFC champions. To go back to Rumor Hound, because it is fantasy season, Pete. You know mm -hmm. that this is the time of year people sure. have in their drafts. Um, my league of record, because, you know, you got to have a couple of leagues. You know what I mean? But my league of record has the draft, our draft tonight, uh, Monday night. Very excited about this. And I have my eyes on Mecole Hardman, who it feels like word at a Chiefs camp, word at a Chiefs preseason is that he's starting to establish himself just a little bit. Yeah, we just finished what is the training camp St. Joseph portion of Kansas City Chiefs season. And the Joseph portion of training camp. There you go get your, you know, 
use words in, a, in the correct way. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But McCall Hardman was the offensive MVP up at Missouri Western State University. And we saw a slow start in these preseason games. He had a dropped pass in the initial game. And then after two targets brought in by Hardman from Mahomes, they were out of sync for four targets in a row. Mahomes leaves the game. Chad Henney comes in and Hardman has the best catch of the night, which was a shoestring catch for, I believe it was a 17 yard touchdown. So is there a quarterback controversy in Kansas City? Remains to be seen. But let's stick on, let's stay on Hardman. Uh, I, I have seen progress. Every day in St. Joseph during this these scrimmages, he looks to be an improved player. We had sort of ridden him off to be that Sammy Watkins replacement. Remember, Sammy Watkins is in Baltimore now because we weren't sure if Hardman had the size and the weight. But I think Andy Reid is going to scheme this thing up to get Hardman more involved. I think it'll be some manufactured touches somewhere. Him and Mahomes are going to have to get into sync. But I think he's a player on the rise. What I'll say is, I think he ends up fourth in targets. I think that's the biggest maybe misconception with the Chiefs from a national standpoint is you have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, which are going to be one and two in, in some order. And then you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I think is going to get more targets this year. And then What's probably, the issue with the ankle sprain, by the way, on Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Doesn't seem serious from, from all the natty reports. We'll get more information today, later this morning. Those nat- natty lights, got to love them. Andy Reid is set to speak about 1245 Eastern time. I think we'll get more information there, but I guess they'll hold off on on CEH. That would be my guess. Daryl Williams, last we knew, he was in the concussion protocol. So we're seeing more Jarek McKinnon in Kansas City as well. But I think Clyde will be fine for week one. Very interesting. Um, something else of note on the Kansas City side. I had two other things uh, that I wanted to get your thoughts on, Pete. Number one, everybody knows that the Kansas City offensive line has been under construction for the last yep. six or so months. Patrick Mahomes had to scramble a bit in this game. Certainly looked fine throughout it but that cannot ease your concern if you are a hashtag chiefs fan yeah if there's one thing where i think it gives you a little bit of pause there have been moments this preseason with mahomes and it's been limited he had more time in this one game where some of those super bowl tendencies were i mean let's be honest he was under real pressure in the super bowl and there was some natural happy feet that came with it where you're breaking away from the pocket really quickly. You're seeing a, a little bit of that. I don't think it's cause for great concern because by the end of, of games, the Chiefs are going to have three or four touchdowns on the board. I think this offensive line is going to be a national misconception. And if you want to call me biased, whatever. But a lot of people are going to go into to games with the Chiefs like you'll see. And I'm already seeing Cleveland fans do it on Twitter where they're like, oh, three rookies versus Miles Garrett. These rookies look good. Creed Humphrey comes from Oklahoma. Uh, he played with Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray, two pros already. He has that experience. He looks like a center that's been doing it for four or five years. And I could say the same about Trey Smith. You move on to the right tackle. Lucas Niang has a little bit more of a question. But these guys will be looked at, and they'll be looked at as a weakness because they don't have the experience. And then people are going to be very surprised about how well they do. Yeah, I think people on the fence about someone like Trey Smith as an example, sixth round pick, you know, it's it's not necessarily conceivable that any sixth round pick, regardless of position, jumps in day one and plays great. So there is a natural pause there. Well, he was supposed to be a first or second round talent, right, right. but that, a lot of people know that story, medical history, and he fell. And Chiefs got him, so we'll see. Um, literally on the other side of the ball for the Chiefs as we get to the Cardinals portion yep. of the contest. Chris Jones looks great. I know NFL Network's James Palmer has um, tweeted several times about how he has lost a lot of weight. I believe 15 pounds over the course of the offseason. Looks yep. light, looks spry, um, looks ready to at least carry that side of the ball for Kansas City. Yeah, one of the jokes at the beginning of camp is he came in and he said he had all this Popeye's chicken and he still weighed in. 15 or 16 pounds lighter because that was the last meal before training camp began. And the difference with Jones is they're moving him to every position. He was typically a defensive tackle. The chiefs get Jaron Reed and now they can shift Jones from one end position to the other end position. And already you're seeing in limited again, limited in the preseason reps where it's confusing the opposing uh, offense and Jones looks like a monster. He's already gotten a sack at the tackle position. He got the second sack at the right end position and he was tough enough to deal with when you knew he where he was going to line up. Now, different offensive linemen are going to have to be aware of where he is. What will teams do? Will they just say, wherever Jones is, we double? Well, then you have to deal with Jaron Reed and Frank Clark. It's going to be a problem. And the Chiefs defense is looking up. Again, I, I think because of Mahomes and the offense and just how good it is, this will be under-talked about as well. But for the first time 
it seems like the Chiefs defense has the potential to approach that above average elite. And that's going to be a real problem because you've had years now where the Chiefs, as I said, got back to the AFC title game and it was based on the offense for the most part. This defense is looking like it it really could grab the attention of people early. Uh, what's your go-to Popeye's order? I, I'm a big chicken strip man. Right. You know, sure. I because I, I love sauce and dipping uh, different. I like trying different sauces. Mm-hmm. So uh, also Chick-fil-A, you know, they have a wide variety right, that's of sauce. For sure. And so, uh, try the black chick- contenders. That's all I'm saying. Try the black contenders. You won't be disappointed. Um, but um, final thing on this game, and Pete and I do have winners and losers uh, throughout week two's preseason action, at least the weekend portion of it that we'll get to. I don't think either of us have one from this game, Pete. Um, but we could qualify the Arizona Cardinals, certainly their offense as a loser. Kyler Murray did not look smooth i mean the the cardinals offense did not look smooth it looked really rough and the cardinals is, offense didn't have a first down till 4 30 in the second quarter yeah and this is this you, you can't i mean this was for all it, it it was really interesting to see how teams were going to approach this week of the preseason where they're going to treat it like the dress rehearsal most teams ended up doing that i know you have a take on this um in, in a general sense pete but um arizona seemingly did and their offense does not, you know, we're now in year three of this experiment with Arizona and you've got to look better. I know it's just the preseason and that's a, a, a qualifier that's necessary for everything we're discussing here. But um, I would be concerned if I was a Cardinals fan. Yeah, we're going to talk about how not a lot of teams are playing starters. The Cardinals did. I mean, they were playing Kyler Murray and trying to look for something positive, And he went three and out three times in a row. And again, back to that point with the Chiefs defense, they actually went three and out a fourth time in a, in a row with Colt McCoy. So good for the Chiefs defense. But back to the Cardinals, I understand it's the preseason. I understand you're not showing everything. I understand maybe Kyler Murray is playing a little different. You got to get a first down, right? This is a team that has to make the playoffs. There's a little bit of pressure, I think, on Cliff Kingsbury to make the postseason. Uh, because, uh, again, I, I think that was the expectation. Now you, you bring in uh, J.J. Watt, you have A.J. Green there. You're starting to bring in veterans. The expectation for Arizona is playoffs. And if they don't make the playoffs, this is a failed season for them. And so just not the sign that you would want a preseason game to. Now we got to always say, right, it is preseason game two. Let's chill. But you would have liked to see Cena first down, right? I mean, come on. So I'm telling you, man, this is an important season for the Cardinals. I mean, this is year three. I would not be stunned if there isn't substantial growth. I mean, because Kyler Murray is eligible for a contract extension in the offseason, right. you know, and so I would not be stunned if things don't materialize, if they move on from Cliff Kingsbury. Um, you know, we'll see who's hot in the coaching cycle next year. Hopefully Eric B enemy gets a job. I mean, you know, there will, there will certainly be a couple, uh, right. but, uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, moving on. I have some thoughts on the bears bills game, but before we get there, uh, also on Friday night, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington football team, Pete, um, there wasn't a lot to take away on the Washington side of the ball, although Antonio Gibson, uh, there was the comment last week about how Washington wants to hopefully utilize him like Christian McCaffrey. Definitely looks like he has, I don't mean the potential to be Christian McCaffrey, but the potential to be used and incorporated in a lot of different ways in that offense. Yeah, and I, I noted this from Hogshaven. They basically said in, in this game, Gibson was getting opportunities where they would have typically brought in a Peyton Barber in the past to mm-hmm. come in and, and get the dirty work done. And you can see that Ron Rivera is really testing Gibson to see if he can handle what would be a three down workload. Christian McCaffrey at his height, you know, with Ron Rivera was never coming out of the game. You know, it just was dump, 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 10 yards, 12 yards, 14 yards. Can Gibson do that? I don't know. They didn't think so last year because they brought in McKissick on, on third down and, and he took care of business, but I thought Gibson looked good in this game and we'll see if he can take that next step. CMC is a tall order. I don't think that's that fair to put on a a second year player. I get the expression. Like I get saying we want to use him like that. We right. want him to be a three down back. That's how I take it. But you're right. Like people take and they're like, well, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Right? Um, I did have one of my losers in this game. Pete. And loser is a general term. We don't think anybody's a loser uh, as far as their personality is concerned. Just kind of a stock down situation. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals first round wide receiver Jamar Chase. And you can call this fair. You can call it unfair. But every Bengals fan is going to compare him to Panay Sewell because they passed on him to take Jamar Chase. That was a really heavy point of contention, I know, for our friends at Cincy Jungle in the lead up to the draft process. Chase Pete had three drops in this game, all three of his targets. So not just like 
three drops. He literally dropped 100% of his targets. Um, all of them came on third downs. Uh, watching them, the first and the you know the first and the and the second were relatively easy catches. The third was a little bit more difficult. Uh, but you do not want to see this. This is terrifying is a exaggeration but this is you know you don't want any negative priors to rear their ugly head you don't want that seed of doubt and something like drops i think is something that can place doubt in a receiver's mind we've seen receivers um call it a funk call it the yips whatever we've seen that happen at different times um he only pete had six drops on 124 targets while at lsu but it is worth mentioning that he opted out of last season. So it's been a long time since he played football, obviously, at a high level. It also is worth mentioning that these passes came from Brandon Allen, but they still were very easy, very catchable balls. Um, and what's more is he reportedly dropped two more balls during Sunday's practice, which obviously came after this game. Are you worried about Jamar Chase? No. You know, Joe Cool didn't even play in this game. I think once he sees that familiar face in the huddle and, and once it's game time, that muscle memory will kick in. Maybe maybe some extra time with the Jugs machine, though. Uh, maybe call him Jugs Chase for the next couple of weeks. Uh, would make him feel better about his confidence. And what, One to ten, then. if Because I'm, I'm not saying I'm a ten out of ten on Jamar Chase, but this is maybe three or four out of ten, which is unideal at this point, is my point. Yeah, I, I think... The problem that you're going to run into is if if Burrow is running around and is getting pressured and you're only getting limited opportunities to make first downs and then they finally get an opportunity and Chase just drops it and when Burrow has is like evading pressure. I mean, that's going to be what w- would be like a national football fans perfect scenario as to, as to get angry about. It. It's like you could have had him protected and you already had receivers on this team. It's a weird comparison that you're going to see because how often do we see a wide receiver compared with an offensive lineman? But you're right. I think it's going to happen. So there is a particular, a very particular scenario, I think, once the season begins, that's going to really tick off Bengals fans. And I think we're seeing it already start to play out. So, all right, one to 10, maybe a three or a four. I'm not very worried until I see this in the regular season, but it is something to note. The Chicago Bears and Buffalo Bills uh, saw the scoreboard light up on Saturday, Pete, mostly on the Buffalo side of the ball. Mitchell Trubisky was back in Chicago. Man, he looked good. Trubisky has never looked so good in Chicago. Dude, I mean, this is your worst nightmare if you're a Bears fan. (laughs) It's it's the preseason. And I think we all agree that uh, split was necessary. There was, you know, I don't say the culture, but the relationship. Change of scenery. Change of scenery. Um, this, so, well, I'll be frank here. One of my winners, uh, I have a winner and a loser from this particular game. I have a lot of thoughts on this game. Uh, my winner is the bills quarterback depth. I love when teams do this, Pete. And that was why I loved last year when the Dallas Cowboys and people will roll their eyes and joke, but I loved when they signed Andy Dalton. I love when you get a guy who's kind of been there, done that before, and you get that person to be your backup quarterback. I think that is a much more preferable option than even like Chad Henney or Chase Daniel or something like that. Not that those situations can't work out, but I like those sort of experiments. That's why I like the Cowboys bringing in Andy Dalton last year after his stint in Cincinnati. I love the Mitch Trubisky because it has to happen in a place where the quarterback is undisputably or the undisputed starter, right? You can't bring him into a situation where things are a competition. Um, And what's more is the Bills are paying Mitchell Trubisky two and a half million dollars to be their backup quarterback while the Chicago Bears are paying Andy Dalton $10 million to be their starting quarterback, which is why my loser from this game is Matt Nagy. I mean, I understand you know, it's the preseason and you don't want to say everything. You don't want to give away your whole plan. Matt Nagy, after this game, reiterated that Andy Dalton is the team's starting quarterback. I am very high on Justin Fields. I've said on the Espionation NFL show, did not have a great game, but there's no doubt that this offense is more full of life when Justin Fields is in it as opposed to Andy Dalton. I, I feel like the Bears, I, I don't think the, the Bears or Matt Nagy deserve Justin Fields. It's such a weird partnership to me. Um, it, it it's it's kind of like in I, I don't even know what it's like, but it's bothersome to me that we're going to have to watch Matt Nagy play this, you know, if and game all season long. Yeah, in this game, Dalton began by going three and out back to back times, and then on seven drives through two quarters, the Bears had earned a total of four first downs and never more than one on any possession. And then Fields came in and picked up four first downs on his first two drives. 
And so it's going to be maddening for Bears fans. And if people keep going back to the Kansas City thing where Matt Nagy really wants this Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes transition. That's where so dumb. Alex got the one year. It worked out. Alex had the best year of his career. And then it was a nice transition to Patrick Mahomes who had learned from him and, and whatnot. I don't know. It was a different situation entirely because Alex had been with the team for multiple years. When you bring in a player, even if they're a veteran, it should be an open quarterback competition. And the fact that they're denying that it's making Andy Dalton even become a joke of the NFL where he has to get to the press conference and says something to the extent of, you know, fields is time is tomorrow. This is my team, man. You're setting up to be the most hated NFL player in Chicago, especially if you lose the first game or the first two games. I, I don't get why you're you're just not leaving it open. Like I, I think Kyle Shanahan is treating it right. He's just not saying anything. Right? He's not saying yes. He's not saying you know. He's letting it play out because right now you're 100 right. You can feel the difference when Fields is on the field compared to Dalton, and it is world. It's a world of difference, and so I don't get it either. The Chicago Bears, Pete, in. Uh, nine preseason possessions with Andy Dalton have four first downs. I mean, again, and we said this is a common, you know, descriptor here. It's the preseason. And it's worth mentioning that a lot of Chicago starting offense wasn't in this game, a point that Andy Dalton brought up. But see, like, to your point, Andy Dalton bringing that up sounds like an excuse, even right. though it's even though it's fair. The the lens here, the optics don't lend to Andy Dalton. And it's actually kind of mean of Matt Nagy to put Andy Dalton through that. Uh, there was the quote from Justin Fields that made its way around social media over the weekend uh, when he was asked about Bears fans chanting his name while Andy Dalton's in the game. And he said, and this was so awesome, but again, it just makes him look even better. Yeah. He said, you know, I find that to be disrespectful. You've got to trust the coaching staff. When Andy's in there, cheer Andy's name. You know, and again, kudos to Justin Fields, but that only makes the situation here more awkward for Andy Dalton, both which of, is Matt Nagy's yeah. doing. Both of these guys are putting are being put by the coaching staff and, and the Bears personnel staff in this position to have to do things like that. Like Dalton in an, is in an unfair position in the in the sense that you're going to hear it from Chicago. Chicago loves their bears, right? I mean, the papers, the radio shows, the, it's almost like a, wow, what are we doing podcast out of it? Wow. No, no respect here. What, what, it's, al it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a, what are we doing here type of thing? And it is maddening. I think you can be solved very quickly in saying we are going to see who plays the best, the rest of the preseason and the name of starter. It, it just seems like Matt Nagy, who I love, by the way, is for some reason dug in on Dalton starting the season, no matter what happens with the tape, which I, I'm just it's just a stunning situation in Chicago. It feels to me like uh, Pete, you ever, you know, you ever like in college, you know, one night you're out, whatever, and you're just kind of like, how did I get here? You know, like, <laughs> like you're, you're in an environment and you're like, what decisions did I make in life that led me to be here in this exact moment? Right. You know what I mean, like that, like you're you're in that state of like, you know, thinking, you know, where you're kind of you're kind of watching yourself live that moment. That's how I feel about the Bears. Like, how did, how could you were so fortunate that you were able to trade up and, and draft Justin Fields? And I'm fine. Fine. You don't want to come out and say that he's your starter. I get it. Kyle Shanahan is handling this properly. I agree with you uh, with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. But this, you know, hard dug in the ground. Andy, no, we've got to see him in the regular season. Also, I mentioned this on the look ahead last week with stats as we wrap up on this game. A lot of people are saying, Pete, well, we've got to see Andy Dalton get his revenge game against the Bengals in week two. He beat the Bengals last year with the right. Cowboys. Like this is it's not like a new thing that we have to see right. here. Andy's uh, so, Andy's revenge. Right. Uh whatever. Okay, let's go to the um the Jets Packers game, which was kind of boring. This was kind of the the kind of the beginning, you know, of what you wanted to talk about with not a lot of starters playing. Yeah. Um and that was the case for Green Bay. Jordan Love didn't even play. Uh probably a mandate for Aaron Rodgers. A, it's hard to take anything away from from Green Bay. I mean, I I thought the only thing in this game that you got to see was Zach Wilson with some real time. He looked great. I mean, I I think right now Mac Jones looks like through two preseason games. Again, that particular qualifier. Mac Jones looks like he might be I'll rephrase. 
through two preseason games, Mac Jones has had the best performance of any rookie quarterback, any first-round rookie quarterback, um, or the most stable performance. Why don't you but just th- give him a gold jacket already, RJ, honestly? I'm not thinking about it. By the way, on the subject of that, uh, some news that has come out while we are recording, Pete, uh, a statement from the Patriots that on Saturday, Cam Newton traveled to a club-approved medical appointment. They required him to leave the New England area. Uh, in notes, he received daily COVID tests, which all were negative. And due to a misunderstanding about tests conducted away from NFL facilities, as required by the NFL and NFLPA protocols, Cam will be subject to the five-day entry cadence process before returning to the facility. So Cam Newton will be back in the Patriots facility this Thursday. Um, Just a a thing to note. But anyway, this is about the Jets and the Packers. And I thought Zach Wilson looked really good. I mean, he had a fine performance last week, but this was a really solid and stable performance. And a breath of fresh air for the Jets, who were coming off of losing Carl Lawson. Yeah, I think it was a step in the right direction because that was a terrible, terrible injury for the Jets and Jets fans, and it, and it didn't seem fair because he was having such a good preseason. But I watched every throw. Zach Wilson looked the part. He looked poised. He seems to be building a good rapport with Corey Davis. I had been worried a little bit about Corey Davis because he seemed like the typical player who just outperformed what he had done in a contract year. And then he signs the contracts and how many times have we seen that type of player just go back into the shadows, but it really seems like Corey Davis may be his go-to receiver. We got six of his 11 targets on the day, four catches for 70 yards in the game. And like I said, it, it just seemed like Wilson is having the opportunity in New York, unlike these other places where there's no competition. You know, he, he knows he's going to be the day one starter and he's embracing that and he looks really good and and not to say that I I don't like Sam Darnold but it it's a breath of fresh air uh, for Wilson and again you wish Darnold success in in Carolina and you hope that maybe a change of scenery does uh, the trick for him but I'm happy for for fans of the New York Jets I think it's been a long time coming where you could feel really good about a situation a lot has to do with Adam Gase and him not being there and Robert Sala coming in, but good for Jets fans. What was your stat about Kyler Murray, Pete, in the Arizona Cardinals offense? Three straight, three announced to start the game. Is that correct? correct? And four, uh, if you factor in Colt McCoy's first series. Well, uh, Zach Wilson, Pete, in six preseason, preseason series, a difficult two words to say consecutively, has yet to go three and out. So, look, we're, we're, these are small little data points here, but... That's worth being excited about if you're a Jets and there are fan details, too, in the preseason, like where you can't take it away from what would be like a week one or week two, because you don't know which players are in the game right. for the offense and defense. But right. I mean, that is a very basic stat. Like you would you would hope at some point Kyler Murray in that game would have gotten a first down. And Wilson is just whatever has been in front of him, which, you know, he can't really control. He's had success early, which is a good to see ahead of week one. You mentioned Sam Darnold. We now go to the Panthers-Ravens game. Also kind of boring. I mean, again, like, what are you doing, NFL? Give us the starters here. Um, <laughs> it, it's a small sample size, but not an impressive outing for Sam Darnold. Um, your thoughts on your now favorite quarterback, Pete? Only two passes from Darnold. No CMC. Uh, seven first-half pressures from the Panthers' defense and an 11 total for the game. I think this is a Panthers team who is going to be you know, the Darnold and CMC offense, and they'll take points as they come. But I think a lot of it is going to be can they be a complete team and win on both offense and defense. And I think that's their path to the playoffs. It's not one where it's going to be one side is going to be dominant. I think you know, you're going to have to rely uh, on the defense. Uh, I'd like to see this more from Sam Darnold, but it just seems like out of Carolina, we're not going to get see that until week one. And so we'll see uh, how he does once it, all the stuff counts. Um, there was no Lamar Jackson. Uh, so Tyler Huntley played the whole game, but it was the runners uh, for the Ravens. Again, the reserve runners, no Dobbins, 42 carries, 167 yards and two touchdowns. Undrafted free agent running back Nate McCrary had 15 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. Now, RJ McCrary went to. Saginaw Valley State. Do you know that's, where that is? I do know where that is because that's where new New Orleans Saints safety Jeff Heath, uh, former Dallas Cowboys goat, went to school. So I am fully aware of that. What uh, state? Institution of Higher Learning. Well, I actually don't know where it's located. It's uh, in Michigan. On the state. It is in uh, Michigan. I, I knew so congrats of the to Michigan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Congrats to Michigan, uh, the state as a whole, on the 15 carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Mm, that's right um okay well um you did not mention you buried the lead that baltimore pete won their 
preseason game, which makes it their 19th straight preseason victory. <laughs> it is the that. longest streak since 1994, the most meaningful, meaningless thing. Um, Congrats to the Ravens. I, I think it's cool. I, I mean, I, I like weird stuff. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of this. So, um, hey, it, they've been winning preseason games since Dak Prescott's rookie year. Think about that. That's nuts. Right. And we've been waiting for a 19-0 team for a while. Uh, sorry, uh, it's time for the Miami Dolphins to put the champagne away. Mm, great point. Uh, speaking of, the Miami Dolphins squared off against the Atlanta Falcons over the weekend. Jalen Waddle had a scare. Pete, Waddle, Twitter, baby, Waddle, Twitter baby, Waddle, baby, Waddle, Waddle. You, uh, you really like to, um, to, to sing on, mm. on the show. No, you know? no, go ahead. No, can, you continue. No, I'm just saying we all remember your expletive-laced rant. Um, granted, they were lyrics to a song. Uh, you know, I did say the A word on that one show. A couple times, but it did follow you breaking the ice by saying the A word. Let's let's point that out. Mm, the A word here is Atlanta, um, who are now in the market. We talked about Mitchell Trubisky uh, being the backup quarterback in Buffalo. That is an important position. And, you know, I mentioned on the look ahead last week that the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants passed the Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers all passed on Justin Fields. So did the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, right. I think that that could be a decision that we could look back on and say you could have had the air to Matt Ryan there if you had drafted Justin Fields. Uh, but A.J. McCarron, who once was a great college player in his own right, um, is lost for the season with a torn ACL. That's kind of the big deal for Atlanta. I, I remain I've, – I've, I've kind of backtracked my hype for Atlanta this season. Um, some of that's just that we haven't really seen them, but that is a, a notable injury. It's not a starting-level injury, but you are now – a moment away from a true disaster. Well, Tim Tebow's available, so mm, I mean, they could they could give him a try out there and get him to go back to quarterback. Uh, but you know, in all seriousness, yeah, not not great for Atlanta. And this is the other side of the argument. This is why a lot of people won't play reliable players in the preseason right. because now you're out of a backup quarterback, and you ask the question why. And so there's another side to this. So I, I get that. Uh, not a ton of t- takeaways from Atlanta because as as you're saying, we don't get to see the actual players who'll be playing. So how do you really determine any kind of identity? I think all of the stuff that you learned in this game came from the Dolphins side. Tua completed 11 of his first 12 passes. Uh, all but two of them, though, traveled less than 10 yards downfield. And so I just don't know about Tua. Uh, no Will Fuller, no Devontae Parker. But how should you feel about Tua? Are you are you 100% confident? You know, We w- went back to the scale of talking about nervousness before. What's your confidence level in Tua right now? I, I, I think mine is five-ish, six maybe, but I'm still like, is this the franchise quarterback with a high ceiling that you want if you're a fan of uh, a football team? You don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick anymore. I mean, you have Jacoby Brissett behind him. Is this going to be another year where there's a relief pitcher in a game if you're down by X amount of points and you need to throw the ball downfield? Like, I... I just don't know if Tua is a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I I've I have yet to have a moment where I am completely sold on Tua. Right. Um, you know, and obviously everybody that watched him in college felt like this dude is a monster, this dude is a beast. I mean, you can certainly trace things back to the injury, um, you know, at Alabama, which maybe potentially changed the course of his career, who knows. Um, but to me it's kind of like um this is ironic given that it's a, a point of seafood, but how, Pete, you are, uh, you love fine cuisine. You love yeah. fine dining. You, you love to eat. You had you some fancy. Thai food Pete, last night. Yeah. Pete, uh, yeah, Pete, Pete is uh, no joke. Le- Pete is literally one of the finest dressed people in the KCMO no uh, metropolis. And he Plus. likes to, likes to socialize, likes to eat good things. Uh, what are your thoughts on scallops? You know what? Scallops need to be prepared correctly. If they're right. prepared correctly in the right type of seasoning, in the right type of, I don't I, even know what I think you also, it. it's got to be like the right setting. Like you got to be in the right kind of restaurant. You know, you've got to have had the, the right appetizers that kind of lead into, you know what I mean? Like they're a very situational meal. Love Kansas uh, City. Love Missouri. I'm landlocked. I don't eat scallops in, in Missouri. Okay. I'm, You're I'm getting from away the from the point. You know, it's fine. When I get home yeah. on the coast. Pete's from the Bronx is what it is. Give me, exactly from the Bronx. You give know? me all the scallops that I could possibly have. I'm from Queens. Um, but the Bronx. Same family thing. lives in the South same Shore thing. of Long Island. Mm-hmm. We get scallops right off the boat. They flip okay. them out of the ocean into my mouth. My point is, you know, that how that's you? how 
that's how this situation feels to me. You know what I mean? Like under the right circumstances, like the right, even the right lighting, you know what I mean? Like I can get on board. Um, but there are just, I, I don't, there aren't reasons not to believe, but there are, there are not reasons to believe. You know what I mean? Like I, I, still, I don't feel propelled. I still, to this day, I'm telling you, clap it up. The dolphins were interested in Deshaun Watson. As soon as Deshaun Watson is cleared and we'll see if that even happens. I mean, that, there's still so many questions, but if and when, when and if, if would, that can happen and Deshaun Watson is cleared, Watson is not going to play for the Texans. You can just see it ever again. And so if, if, if everything clear, like I said, if the smoke clears and Watson um, is all right to play, I really could, I could see Miami eventually doing whatever it takes to acquire him. And moving on from this to a situation. I, I know that is a bold take to make from a preseason game. It's just the way I feel. Now, Tua looks efficient. I don't want Miami, Miami fans to kill me here. He looks efficient, but is efficient good enough to win you a championship? I found out in Kansas City that it was not. When I watched Alex Smith, Alex Smith, great quarterback, no. efficient. It's not good enough to, to win the Super Bowl. And so I, I do want to make a point before we move on from this game, though, RJ. We have to say the name of Sam Egwavon, who had four Say it sacks. again. One more time. Egwavon, am I saying that correctly? No, yeah, I just like hearing it. Yeah, again, Sam one more Egwavon. time. Sam Egwavon, linebacker Sam Egwavon. Four <laughs> sacks in this game. I've said it four times uh, for every sack, uh, including one resulting in a safety. So as we uh, continue to poo-poo on Chua, uh, a bright young player there with four sacks. That, again, it's the preseason, but four sacks is a, is a crooked number for a stat where maybe you can get one or two. It's not a crooked number. It's really like... Even numbers, sturdy numbers, not crooked. Yeah. Like I, I think of crooked numbers like seven. Seven's a crooked Depends number. Depends on if you write it in italics or not. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, the Tennessee Titans and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The most notable thing going on as a result of this game um, is the fact that Titans head coach Mike Vrabel announced on Sunday that he has tested positive for COVID-19, Pete. Um, there were lots of photos all throughout the week because the Titans and Buccaneers had joint practices of him socializing with various members of both the Titans and Bucks, including Tampa Bay quarterback. Has anybody called him Champa Bay, by the way? I thought about this the other day. Um, if not, you know. Go ahead. I'm, yes. I don't, you know, I'm good with this. Yes. Between <laughs> but, the Lightning and the Bucks and the American League champion, Tampa Bay Rays, yes, the Tampa Bay has made its way uh, around Tampa. Yes. Uh, well, this is a big deal, right? I mean, you know, this I mean, it's a big deal. There's no other way to put this. What's that? That Mike Vrabel tested positive and he was hanging out, socializing himself with Tom Brady. I mean, it, it continues to draw questions about what this season will look like. Yeah, I have a hot take here on this game. I don't think the Bucks played any starting quarterbacks or starting running backs, or did anyone? I don't think anyone did in nope. this game. I, I'm, mis I'm misreading my notes here, but I, I don't think any – no starting quarterbacks or starting running backs. The NFL needs to take away these joint practices because 
it's making the coaches not mm. play the starters in the actual game because they're getting to see the, uh, the matchups um, during the week. And it's actually the same exact problem with um, the novelty game or the showcase game, the senior bowl, where a lot of these like, right, the, bowl- the practices and the one-on-ones are the more valuable thing versus yeah, the actual like, game. You have right. like seven to 10 senior bowl players that do the practices and then don't even play in the game. Cause they're worried about injury. Right. right? They, are, they, they even, they even leave. They don't even like stay for the game. Right. They leave. Totally. Yeah, they, leave. They're, they, they fake out uh poor Phil Savage. If, if that is who's, who's still doing it. And then well, what's left to play in the actual showcase game. So, Got to take away joint practices if you want the preseason to continue to be entertaining. See, I feel the opposite. Um, not that I disagree with your um, your logic, but I'm fine if you want to just do joint practices, right? Like if you just want to get rid of the preseason games, I'm totally fine with that. Um, well, then yes, and I right exactly. Get rid of the preseason games if you want to do these joint practices. Then send the film crews to the joint practices. I'd be happy to watch one on one matchups where they're jarring at a pl- at players and. You know, I'm, I'm jumping here, but my God, Sterling Shepard squaring up with who was the Cleveland Browns cornerback that he squared up with after practice the other day. Anyway, there was a boxing match that happened uh, after the joint practice. Like, that's the stuff I want to see. So uh, the Dallas Cowboys did stream their practice with the Los Angeles Rams. Troy Hill, of by the way, ago. sorry. Troy Hill. Um, so um, just shifting games here uh the cowboys pete hosted the texans on saturday night dak prescott through pregame um for anyone that's asking my slack notifications were buzzing um with i won't say their names but um they are the hosts of the tuesday show here on the espionation nfl show and, know it, you know they were like oh yeah look at this report dak blah, blah, blah. it's like hey chill out like i think this is not part of the game um but on saturday pete no sunday um, no Saturday. Um, first things first, during actually the Chiefs Cardinals game on Friday night, Adam Schefter said uh, that Dak Prescott was on track to start week one, but that he may not be fully back at all this season. You know, kind of like, oh, he might be dealing with this injury all season long. Adam Schefter, I mean, I'm not going to be the dude that doubts, you know, the you know most notable NFL insider in the game. However, Pete, um, on Saturday, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero uh, reported that there have been no setbacks with Dak. The Cowboys are simply being precautionary or, or taking things in a precautionary way uh, that had the Cowboys played the aforementioned Buccaneers on Saturday night in week one that he would have played. Now, the reason I bring this up is you remember the McCarthy project, which I think we all wish had never existed, but McCarthy's PR tour on his way back into the NFL in early 2020, that was done by NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Also, about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago, Tom Pelissero had an exclusive one-on-one interview with both Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott out in Oxnard at Cowboys camp. So my point here is, again, not to you know take sides in the NFL insider war, but if there is somebody who knows the sitch when it comes to Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, I would wager that it would be Tom Pelissero over just about anybody else. Yeah, but let's say that information is coming from McCarthy and Prescott, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, Even obviously, if it was the other way. Are they going to say? Are they going to say? Yeah, no. Uh, just, we're not I'm just really saying, like, I don't know. He's that he's you the know that Schefter, the Schefter's under the table, under the bed in the hospital, talking to the doctor that worked on <laughs> Dak Prescott. He's in the shadows. He's in the bushes. Adam Schefter always weighs all the sources and he gives you the right story. I'm on team Schefter on this one. You could, I know you're going to be team Prescott and team Pelissero, but give me Adam Schefter, baby, the OG. Um, I did want to, there wasn't a lot to take away from the Texan side of this because there isn't. Um, but I did also want to bring up Pete, um, as this game started, like actually this game had already begun. Um, when all of a sudden it was reported that Dan Quinn, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator and Carlos Watkins, one of their defensive linemen, had to leave the stadium, that they weren't even at the game out of an abundance of caution due to COVID protocols. And so I wrote about this on Sunday, but I mean, kind of back to the Mike Vrabel point, yet another reminder, because I think, you know, I know other, you know, things have opened up and things are back and, and lots of, a lot of elements of life are, are more normal, or at least, you know, closer to what we used to know is normal. Um, but this was, was a really stark reminder because again, the game was going on, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, your defensive coordinator's not here. Yeah. Uh, and and Joe Witt Jr., who's the Cowboys' passing game coordinator and secondary coach, incidentally interviewed for the defensive coordinator job before Dan Quinn got it. Uh, took over defensive play calling, but that can happen at a moment's notice. I mean, and that's that's still the reality. Yeah. No. And you're right. And I, 
I think it's worth reminding people as well. The NFL is taking a little bit of a harder stance this year where if a game gets canceled, it can be a forfeit. There's not going to be any rescheduling. There's not going to be a possible, I guess, what would be week 19 this year where the Super right. Bowl can be moved back. Like the dates are the dates. Uh, and so if there is a, an outbreak and it is a result of people being irresponsible to some extent, you just lose the game. And I think it's just much more serious and it's worth continuing to look at vaccination rates. And, uh, you know, we don't need to get into a political debate on this, but the teams that have the higher vaccination rates are, uh, are better suited because you're, again, if you're above certain thresholds, it's a little bit more normal. Um, we have seen through numbers that people who contract COVID and are vaccinated, 99% of them seem to be okay in the sense where you're not going to lose availability. And again, you have teams like this who realize the seriousness of it, especially this year with the forfeiting, and are just saying, no, nah, we're not we're not going to let this happen. They'd rather have five or six days without Dan Quinn, um, for example, than taking that chance. And so you're seeing teams act as a result of the new rules. And I think it'll be close to normal uh, in 2021, but that's all it's going to be. It's going to be close to normal. I don't think we see true normal you know, knock on wood that everything continues to uh, track in the right direction here. I don't think we see true normalcy in the NFL until 2022. Um, the Cowboys did announce that they have a 93% vaccination rate among players and a hundred percent among the football staff, which nice. theoretically would include Dan Quinn, who was again, this, the, the, well, verbiage... that's the scariest part right now is you can get vaccinated and still contract it. I think, right. That, 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 that was the, ver- that was yeah. the verbiage here was an abundance of caution. And that's, right. you know, again, it was just a, a reminder at how, you know, the Cowboys last year, you know, we talked about Andy Dalton's revenge game when they went to Baltimore, which the game itself was delayed six days because of COVID protocols. Uh, Des Bryant did not get to face off against the Cowboys because right before the game couldn't because of COVID protocols. And so and then he, re- he retired. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that, that is what it is. But uh, OK, uh, somebody that should retire, maybe. Potentially, um, I believe there's somebody here on your winners list, Pete. Ben Roethlisberger Big and ben. the Pittsburgh Steelers Woo! looked looked kind of normal, looked kind of vintage against the Detroit Lions. Um, I'll let you have the floor here. All right, yeah. Um, Big Ben, wow. Uh, Big much Ben, more, much more to take away from the Steelers in this game. Uh, there was a play in the game where he was able to spin oh yeah get, get loose of pressure vintage and fire a pass all the way down the field to eric ebron perfect pass and ebron just dropped it dropped by ebron no blame on big ben it was really just the stuff we're used to seeing from prime big ben poised big body tough to bring down downfield accuracy but and here's the big butt when you talk about Big Ben, here's the big butt. The question remains for me is not can Big Ben do this? No, of course he can still do it. But at the age of 39, can he do it for 17 games? Can no. he do it for a potential 21 games? Because I don't think the Steelers are getting the AFC by, right? So that's my thing, right? Like, I, I don't think anyone has any questions about whether Big Ben can do it, especially at the beginning of the season. We have seen flashes of this. It's can he hold up through a long season? And the answer last year was no, was no. So we won't know how to feel about Big Ben until week 10, week 12, big week 10. Uh, you know what I mean? And that's that's where I'm at on this. I like seeing seeing Big Ben look like this because uh, it was nostalgic in a sense. It was it was fun to watch. But I, I, what does it really tell us that that's not answering the question? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's nice. But it 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 doesn't seem sustainable. Um, I did want to note in this game he had a pass that traveled 38 air yards, and according to NFL Next Gen stats, that was his longest since Week 13 of the 2018 season. Um, again, according to NFL Next Gen stats, which is proof that like this is a rarity, right? Like, and and that's not like, that the only element to playing quarterback. But I mean, if you're relying on that version of him week in and week out. And the Steelers aren't necessarily in that position because they do have a great defense. But I mean, right. that I wouldn't say that this season is trying to thread a needle for them. And I do get that it's why well, say it. Oh, it I, is. I don't think it is that like that. That's a little too much of an exaggeration, but they are trying to pull off something very special. It feels like you know, like your final, your, it's your final life on Mario and you got to go like the beginning to the end. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't, you don't have any other lives. And so 
you know, when the little Goombas show up, like you got to be really careful. You know what I mean? Because it's a me, it's- Luigi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I see. Are you saying good to Luigi to my Mario? Is that what you're I saying? Get, I mean, I do get announced second on the show, so I guess I, I have to be Luigi. This is a me, a Wario. But I'm taller. So, I mean, who's taller in the game? Uh, Luigi. Luigi's taller. How do you not instinctively know this? You look like Luigi, too, now that I'm looking at you. If you grew that mustache out, mm. you, you'd be a dead ringer for Luigi. My favorite color is green, too. So, I mean, like the, the you know, and you, I think you, you wear the red, like the red pops sure. on Pete Sweeney. Um, well, I'll tell you what, 68 or 69 days away from Halloween. I think we have an easy costume for Big Arch. Are we really? It's a me, our deal. How did you know that off the top of your head? I just did some quick math. I don't think that that's true. That, that can't be true. There were, there were 69 days away from Halloween. There's no way. Is that really accurate? Pete's looking it up while we're recording. Because if that's if that is true, it is. I'm right on right on the money. <laughs> Holy crap! I'm right that's, on the money. Okay. Uh, well, we found. Uh, just the, call me uh, John Nash because hmm. I am doing some quick math here on Monday Football Monday. That's right. Well, AKA Mario Football Mario. But uh, we move on to God, the so Indianapolis smart. Colts and Minnesota Vikings. This game was super boring. Um, that was the case for a lot of games. In fact, the biggest things going on with this game have nothing to do with the game. Carson Wentz is back at practice today, Pete, the day that we're recording, which given Carson Wentz's past with the Philadelphia Eagles and rushing back after injury and not really knowing how to be patient with this, I don't think that this is a good thing. Like I, the, the Colts social teams having a lot of fun, like they said, I think the, the tweet was it, it's Monday, but it feels like a Wednesday. This doesn't, if I... If I'm a Colts fan, I don't feel good about this. If I'm a Colts fan, I'd rather have seen Carson take his time. And maybe he did, but it doesn't appear that way on paper. If he was going to come back this soon, why did we get the five to 12 weeks? I've said this. It hasn't hasn't even been five weeks. It's a great point. Go say to five to seven, right? And then I think you'd start to feel a little bit better. Why did they say five to 12? I don't get that. Because immediately, I think panic sunk in. Because if a quarterback of Wentz's caliber, we think, uh, misses... 12 games, your you know, your season, or I'm saying 12 weeks, which would be like the equivalent of six games, your season's pretty much over anyway. I, I think even with some of the young talent that the Colts have in that room, uh, I would agree with you. It's amazing to see him on the field. I didn't think it was possible when we got that first timetable. And so um, good for Indianapolis because you need him. Uh, that's that's reality. I mean, if you're going to make the postseason, Carson Wentz needs to play the, the majority of the season. The Vikings were featured in Peter King's pro football um or football morning America column this week, excuse me. Why? And uh, well, he's just on his training camp tour. And so he was at Vikings camp mm-hmm. and he talked about Kirk cousins. Isn't really threatened by the drafting of Kellen Mond. I maintain we will see Kellen Mond start over a healthy. Kirk Peter cousins King came season. to uh, chiefs camp and was wearing a Royals cap most of the days. And mm-hmm. I just was wondering, playing the Astros have, tonight. Does he have every city's baseball team and wear that hat to the camp? Well, on the subject of that um, and the subject of the Astros. Do, he's not a Royals fan, right? Like, well, King so does he have a to Twins the, hat at Vikings game? So I was about to make an awesome segue because, like I was saying, the Astros and Royals begin their series tonight on Monday. Um, we had Peter King on ESPN San Antonio at the Super Bowl in Houston, and he was wearing an Astros cap. So hey. I think that it is kind of a thing. We him. uncovered uh, a little Peter King well, I uncovered nugget. it in 2016. A so. nugget on the Nugget Master. Uh, right mm-hmm. here on Monday Football Monday. Uh, I have a couple yeah. points quickly about the Vikings, RJ. Uh, they're bringing in an infectious disease expert because Zimmer continues to be upset about the vaccination rates, right. probably stemming from Kirk Cousins. Um, again, not a ton uh, to take By the away. way, Peter King did mention that Kirk does not seem thrilled that he has kind of become the poster boy for um, unvaccinated players in the well, NFL. Well, he's a, he's a franchise quarterback in the NFL, and he doesn't want to take the vaccine, and so that's going to happen. It's, it's, uh, uh, well, I, I know you, we'll get to your points, Pete, but um, the statement we talked about with Cam Newton um, today that happened while we were recording, um, yeah. lots of NFL you know, minds connecting dots, noting that this implies that Cam Newton is not vaccinated. So just, you know, Kirk is not the only one. That's all I'm saying. But right. to your point, go ahead. Vikings are also expected to sign pass rusher Everson Griffin. Uh, the had, return. The return. Yeah. Com- combined six sacks last year. And then I wrote down here, the only Vikings touchdown in the game. Again, not playing a lot of their starters, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, et cetera. Um, linebacker Troy Dye had a pick six. Not a lot you can take away from the game. I think more off the field with these two teams in particular. Mm. Um, yeah, 
it has not looked good for Minnesota offensively, which again, Kellen Mond will start. The Raiders and <laughs> Rams, um, this was a late night Saturday game. This was definitely a nightcap of sorts. Um, went late, obviously. And um, the real action back to your joint practice point kind of happened in the lead up to the week when John Gruden was a mess. The real story here. Well, I did want to say that uh, Rams seventh round rookie Jake Funk rushed for 56 yards. Who's got the funk? Uh, Gonna get that funk. Yeah. Seven carries for 56 yards. Uh, Back by committee. Let's go. Uh, well, there is room for that with with Cam Akers out for the season. So I mean, we see that, right? We there are there's that guy every year. I mean, so if you got a fantasy draft coming up, pay attention to Jake Funk. It's really my point. Um, but the let's get funky up in here. Um, that was a good moment for you, Pete. You sounded Thank good. You. Um, anyway, uh, report on Monday morning. This like I'm saying, this dwarfs every you know story about the Raiders during this game. Uh, Vic Tafer in the Athletic. The Raiders, Pete, called the Bears prior to free agency mm. and asked about Khalil Mack. <laughs> that is such a bad look for the Raiders. Oh, Mike Mayock, Mike Mayock. This is the last year of Mike Mayock. So this Mike Mayock, correct me if I'm wrong. He's he, gonna get me fired. Mike did not orchestrate that trade. That was no, pre-Mayock. I, I think you're correct. I, I'm pretty sure you're correct on that, but still. So the John Gruden is the one uh, to really point at here and, and have the snide comments. I have a question for you, RJ. I have an answer for you, Pete. How did you feel about your favorite quarterback, Nathan Peterman, in this game? Okay, it wasn't the you same. Said he was, you said he was I, I, excellent I, last week. I, I did not uh, say he was said excellent. He I, could be a future starter in, in, in this <laughs> league. I um, just curious how you felt about him. I thought he was not great in this no, game. No, no. I mean, he had a night. Look, I've, I've said all my life that, you know, the second week of August belongs to Nathan Peterman. But after that, you know, who knows what's up? So, right. Um, uh, You've anyway. said that your entire life. The second Broncos. Round wide wait, wait, one, one last point. Second rounder wide receiver, 2 2 Atwell, eight catches for 46 yards. He has had similar questions to that of uh, BLG's boy, Devontae Smith, about whether his tiny body can hold up in the NFL. He answered a lot of questions, I think, in this game, too. So, Atwell uh, and Funk. You know, you talk about fantasy. Those are two players to watch. Go, all right. Sorry. That's right. Uh, the Denver Broncos, Seattle Seahawks. Teddy. Teddy had a nice day. Teddy. And it was, I don't want to say it was a backward step for Drew Locke, but I don't think the comp, I think this is Drew Locke's job to lose. I don't mean this like super literally, but I think the comp, if anything, the competition narrowed after this game. I don't think this Drew Locke why, continued to separate himself. This is a, this is why it's perfect to watch Monday Football Monday on the stream, because mm. let me tell you something. Espionation NFL on Facebook, Espionation NFL on Twitter. I'm going to do something with my hands here. Teddy mm. Bridgewater and Drew Locke is a case of this. Mm. See what I'm doing at that? Article? You got a hand really tall for the podcast audience. You want to pay attention R- to our, yeah. our loyal R- listeners. R- Pete, versus feels, this. Right, right. And who's uh, who? versus a hand this below is, the other one. Is, okay, cool. This is this is Drew Locke. High uh-huh. ceiling, mm-hmm. low floor, right? Okay. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Teddy Bridgewater, medium ceiling, medium floor. Do you mm. go safe? Do you go and say, all right, we're going to go with Drew Locke and maybe he can lead us to 10 wins or one win? Or do we lock in this nine and eight record and get a playoff berth with Teddy Bridgewater? That is what this is about. See, I like that analogy. To me, Drew Locke has always his career has always felt like, um, you know, when Charlie and Grandpa were in the the room that floated in the chocolate factory. You know I'm talking about the schnozberries taste like schnozberries, um, and they like were, were flying higher and higher, and then they're getting towards the fan uh, and thanks, Charlie, Charlie and, and Grandpa are like, "Holy crap! Stop it! Like, what do we got to do?" And then Charlie's <laughs> like, "Just burp! Like, you just got to burp, you know?" Yeah, and, and and you, you figure gotta, it out, right? And so like. That's what I'm saying. Drew Locke is like, he could take you high a little bit, like in moments, but the high for him is like, you know, dangerous blades of a fan that could potentially end your season or end a play or end a series or whatever. Um, so, you know, hey, but um, Seahawks, ho hum day for them. Nothing candy. really. Candy is dandy. Liquor is quicker. I've never heard that before, if I'm being honest, honest with you. Willy Wonka. Mm, again, never heard that before. So, uh, would you. Uh, take a swig out of the chocolate river or would you find oh, that to be unsanitary no doubt i don't i mean what i look if you are in the chocolate factory you throw all caution to the wind i mean how many times are you going to be back you got to see what it tastes like you can't leave the chocolate factory without knowing what the chocolate river tastes like because right. you're going to be asked and i don't care i mean yeah maybe you're sick for a few days maybe you catch a cold 
Um, but no, I mean, that place it has been shut down to the world for years and years. We don't have to worry about coronavirus. There's no coronavirus in, in the chocolate factory. Give me a bowl of that chocolate syrup. Did, did you find the scene on the boat to be scary as a child, like everybody else? Can you refresh me? What that what happened on the boat? Well, they're on the boat after the you know after they right. lose the the one kid in the the like right. shoot of the right. of the yeah. waterfall whatever, and Willy Wonka is like like singing this like really scary song, and there's like all these like flashing lights and yeah it's a really yeah you know what I'm talking, know what about, you're talking like, about yeah yeah was that scary I the, whole mo- the whole movie as a whole is a little bit not for kids I I, mm. I had found and as a kid watching it I didn't really know that. And so, yeah, it was a little spooky to me. You're, uh, you're, the movie you're a old. professional kid once upon a time. Sure. Uh, I thought Willy Wonka in itself, especially when he's yelling, good day, sir, and get out of my factory. Mm. A little uncouth. Mm, true. Um, I think that the Cleveland Browns are the everlasting gobstopper of oh, this season. I really love the depth that Cleveland has, which I thought was a little bit on display against the Giants. You know, blah day for the Giants. Every day is blah day for the Giants. But Cleveland looks good. Their depth offensively looks really good. I I, look, I'm not saying they're better than anybody in particular, but they have one of the deeper offenses in the NFL. I guess. I mean, the backup running backs look good. It's just hard for me to take anything away from these games. Dearness Johnson, uh, who's, I think, been with the team for a number of years now. Uh, he looked like he's got something to him. But, I mean, is he ever going to play? He is the two of the better running backs in the entire NFL in front right, of him. Right, so right, what right, did we right, really right. learn about this game? Mm-hmm, true, true, true. Okay, so you had no takeaways from Cleveland, New York. I I think the best thing that happened for the NFL again is it happened during the right, uh, week was the Sterling Shepard versus Troy Hill fist fight after and okay I know you know the NFL and we heard John Mara who I believe it's the head of the competition committee they're taking away taunting to have less of these moments man take a page out of the NHL and baseball when is everyone talking about those sports it's when mm-hmm. you have a nasty fight and you, the bench is clear. And then all of a sudden, a random baseball game makes national news. You lean. This is, I don't know why these leagues, all of them, um, lean away from the WWE. Mm-hmm. Lean into the WWE. When you have a little bit of WWE to your game, when Jalen Ramsey is talking smack going into a game, all of a sudden, like a Rams, let's say, random team that has a talented wide receiver, whoever they're playing, gets national attention. People are like, well, right. how did Jalen Ramsey um go up uh, against keenan allen today all of a sudden right um that's a good point um i recently asked our nfc east mixtape listeners uh the show you can listen to on the blog and the boys and bleeding green nation podcast networks um for the best nhl game i wanted to get an nhl video game like i had that itch to scratch and um so i got in line with it and it's so cool how you can like that's an, you can fight that happens in, in an nhl game you know what i'm saying like you it gets rough and tough who's your nhl team pete your rangers guy or, or an Islanders? Here. No, Rangers. Mm, okay, all right, it's fine. Um, anyway, uh, last game before we get it's to been a, it's um, been a disappointing before, two decades. So we, tie, we tie a bow on uh, like winners and losers. Uh, 49ers and Chargers wrapped up the weekend's worth of preseason action. No real takeaways on the LA side because they haven't played their starters at all. Um, the Jaws theory that we talked about, but Trey Lance started really slow, took a minute, and then balled out. Trey Lance looks good, and I love what you. He said, and, and I love what he's doing. I love that Kyle Shanahan's like, yeah, I mean, we might start Trey, might start Jimmy. Who knows? I think it'd be dumb to start Jimmy, but at least, you know, at least Kyle isn't committing to the dumb thing like a certain head coach in the NFL. I thought there was a funny moment in this game, and that's when Jimmy G starts scooting for a 10-yard scramble. It's almost like, you know what? Today, I'm going to show that I can do everything that Trey Lance mm. can do. And mm. he did it, as even with the interception, and the and the, they're both throwing interceptions, and is there even a good option? I think Jimmy G ends up winning this job at least to start the year, and then mm. if he can continue winning, he keeps it. But if- I don't think it would be winning. I think it would just be. I, I I agree with what you said, but I would say I think Jimmy G ends up being given the starting job, and then he loses. Trey it. Lance looks a little raw, I, and you sure. can see that there's a future for him in the NFL. But you, but, might, but you might as well commit to it now. That's my point. I mean, that, but that's a different line of thinking, right? Like in almost you know you go to two of the other rookies. We were talking about how Zach Wilson, he just looks like a starter right now. Right. And I think even to an extent, Fields and Mac Jones do. Where Trey Lance, I, I I'm not there yet when it comes to watching him in the limited time we have. I do want to give a shout out to Trent Sherfield, a Trey Lance's go-to guy. Lance and Sherfield, the one-two of the future. 41-yard reception in this game, two receptions for 50 yards. Uh, Trent Sherfield, I, I feel like is a name we should remember. Mm. 
I will remember it. Um, to wrap up winners and losers, uh, I mentioned my winner. One of them was the Bills quarterback depth. My other is was Zach Wilson stains. So we already kind of covered that. My losers were Jamar Chase and Matt Nagy slash Andy Dalton. Um, so Pete, your winner is your losers as we yeah, wrap up. I'll go through fairly quickly here. Old guys in general uh, as a winner this week. Big Ben actually looks good. I think Jimmy G, you know, we just talked about it. Uh, he's looking good. Teddy, uh, he's an old guy now. That sucks. Yeah, well, it happens to, to the best of us. I'm an old guy now, kind of. Mm. And uh, and I'm a winner, I guess, this week, too. Mm. Um, teams with uh, good quarterback problems. We had the New England Patriots, who I think have two pretty good options from what we saw. And uh, the San Francisco 49ers. I think even in either direction that they go in, you'll feel all right about the the starting quarterback. And so, again, good problem to have when you have these active competitions. Um, honorable mention, winner, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I touched upon it in the Chiefs game. Mm. If the Chiefs defense is good. I mean, we are looking at a very, very Nobody cares. fantastic season. Remember, Nobody they only cares. had one loss last year against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders prior mm. to the Super Bowl. What about um, the Super Bowl? Is that a win or loss? I said prior to the Super Bowl. Mm. Um, okay. Go to the losers, uh, LA Rams, Cam Akers, because as much as I love the funk, he would have been clearly... We the, got the funk. No Woo! doubt. Everybody funk. Um, he would have been the clear and far number one, and maybe the... RB1 in fantasy football. Texans fans, uh, we talked about Deshaun Watson and how I think he might still be a Miami Dolphin when it's all said and done. The NFL Top 100 was last night, and Watson popped up at number 18, and his situation is so weird. It was the weirdest package uh, for a Top 100 player in the NFL. It was one minute and 18 seconds. There was scary music behind it, and then I believe it ended on uh, his talent is not a mystery, but everything else around him is. And to go from having one of the darlings of the NFL to that situation where you're starting to rod Taylor, uh, you don't even know what's going on with Watson. Watson is saying expletives to the media as they're taking video of them, which they should be doing because it's their damn job. Uh, what a disaster in Houston. So big loser right now, Texans fans. I feel bad for Houston Texans fans, which is a really great fan base, as J.J. Watt would uh, attest to. And then preseason football viewers, we've been sort of uh, hinting at this all podcast. Nobody's playing their starters. Well, not nobody, but most teams. So... Why we even? Why would anyone want to tune into these games at all? Uh, you got to give more motivation for the teams to play some of these guys, at least for a quarter, um, so that we could learn something and have reason to tune in. I think uh, preseason football viewers are are losing out, especially when you're not watching your favorite team. Like mm. you're watching a random game, and you're just trying to take in some football, and you're like, "Man, I don't even know who any of these guys are." And guess what? I'm never going to see them play football again. This is what? What am I? Why am I wasting my time? Way to sell the product, Pete um right on uh well um that was fun uh make sure to join us next week on the sb nation nfl show uh this nation nfl facebook page sb nation nfl twitter account we do stream monday football monday every single monday seems like sometime between 9 and 10 central is our window uh so be on the lookout for that uh you can follow pete on twitter at pg swing you can follow me on twitter at rj ochoa um and yeah this is the last week of the preseason and then one more week and then it gets going for real pete the last word belongs to you make it a great it's a me luigi we'll see you next week what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the prop g podcast and an entrepreneur myself Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.